I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This week, we discuss Ubisoft Forward, Devolver Digital showed up, and some other things happened this week. It's going to sound a little weird. Perhaps. Perhaps a tad weird. Right, Matt? <clears throat> That's correct. Um, unfortunately, I've been exposed to the pandemic, so I'm quarantined for 14 days. So we're I'm not dying yet. Unfortunately, so <laughs> coming, at, coming at you remotely for at least two times, unless Matt decides to make it longer. Yeah, hopefully it's just twice. <clears throat> for our sake and yours. Yeah. But anyways, this is the Gamers 2 podcast for July 17th, 2020. Your weekly roundup of news and commentary related to the video game industry and anything else that may pique our interest. Like new games, I guess, are one of them. I mean, we can <laughs> we can go right to it. That's fine. I don't have anything else I don't to, care. to hit up in the beginning. I got, I got. I don't. I got spice for the end, but I don't have anything in the beginning. Yeah, that's same. I mean, nothing sports related i don't think nothing crazy nothing nothing worthy of our of our time yeah so let's get right into it the new releases here we go oh let me stretch get ready number one death stranding for the pc number two halo 3 the master chief collection so halo 3 made its way to the master chief collection blah, 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 on pc uh neon abyss on pc playstation xbox and switch one hand clapping for stadia Orcs Must Die 3 for also Stadia. Rocket Arena for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town for the Switch. And I believe PC as well. Donkey Kong Country for Switch Online. The Immortal for Switch Online. Natsume Championship Wrestling for the Switch Online. Ooblets for PC and Xbox. Bounty Battle for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Oh, Hunting Simulator 2 for the PC, Neversong for PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, Radical Rabbit Stew for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. <laughs> There's so many I'm losing my mind. Super Hot Mind Control Delete for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, Drake Hollow for PC and Xbox, Ghost of Tsushima for PlayStation, and Paper Mario the Origami King for Switch. Did not realize Paper Mario came out. Yeah, same day as Ghost. Ooh. So, you know, if you don't have a PlayStation but have a Switch, you still got something to play. And as Lots far of as games I'm this week. Yeah. There are, I think I have 17 on there, 18. There are uh, quite a few. And I mean, some of them we knew. The uh, Rocket Arena was announced during that EA event. That was the one that we were both uninspired by. 
Yeah, I uh, remember. Halo 3 we talked about. Death Stranding we knew was on its way. Uh, the Stadia event we'll talk to later, but that brought out the Orcs Must Die 3. Um, and then... I didn't even realize I had included them, but like the Donkey Kong Immortal and Natsume Championship Wrestling are Switch Online games, meaning that they're part of that uh, emulator offer that they have on there where... If you have Switch Online, you can go download like uh, emulators for the NES and SNES and whatever, and they have a selection of games in there that they usually rotate through, and those ones made it into the SNES one, I believe. Mm, okay. And then Super Hot, Mind Control Delete. I don't know what the deal is with that. I saw it pop up in the news earlier in the week. but Mind Control it's... Delete is free if you owned the first one prior to a certain date. I think it's prior to this one's release, but it might have been like a couple days before. Nice. I wonder, is that VR capable? Probably. Uh, probably. Probably is. I mean. Hmm. But you got to get through the original Super Hot before you can play that. hey oh. <clears throat> That's true. Bang, bang. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> that game's so that much fun. That is true. That game's so good, though. <laughs> it's like, it's not even a punishment to be like, oh, you have to get through it. It's like, oh, I, oh, yo, no, I have to play Super Hot in VR. Oh, no. The horror. Yeah. However, will I survive? <laughs> All right. So should uh, odds or evens? Um, I will do. I'll do odds because the first story is a favorite of yours. Holy shit! He made a choice, people. I want it to be known. Matt has made a choice and did not defer to me. I probably would have chosen evens though for the same reason. <laughs> Uh, so kicking it off, Ubisoft's pirate adventure game Skull and Bones has reportedly undergone a major internal reboot after multiple delays and the departure of its original creative director. According to sources speaking to Video Games Chronicle, uh, Skull and Bones is being revamped away from the premium model of other Ubisoft open world titles to more of a, quote, living live storytelling, end quote, model, uh, inspired by elements of Fortnite. Uh, previously the title was grounded in a single player campaign with the ability to team up alongside four other players to participate in pvp naval battles under its new direction the game will focus more heavily on collaboration and will have a persistent world with quests characters and storylines that will change over time based on what the collective player base is doing rather than a story focused around an individual i want to know your thoughts so bad uh well, because <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's not good. <laughs> I am far more leery of it now, um, and it could just because be because they reference the Fortnite thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know what, but... when they say inspired by Fortnite. Like, what part is inspired? What do you mean? Like the idea I that there's just the a lot idea... of people. I think it's the idea of like how Fortnite has their seasons that are like trying to tell a vague story. And they're, like, filling in lore, and then they have, like, those community events. Right, but then why not just reference Sea of Thieves, which is clearly the game they're making. They're making yeah, Ubisoft like, Sea of Thieves. Yes. Which, in a certain sense, like, I get it, because, like, Skull and Bones before, the way it was, was basically, let's make a slightly more intense version of Black Flags. No, no, no. Let's make only sailing from Black Flag and do a game. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the appeal there isn't Because didn't they say, universal. like, you can't get off your boat? 
Yeah, it's like you're you're a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're a boat. You're Boaty McBoatface. <laughs> exactly. Go on your missions. So I get I get the idea. I get the. Um... I mean, I like the description of the game, like the way that this is written. But then I'm just like, okay, so it's Ubisoft Sea of Thieves because I'm pretty sure they do everything that this is already listed. Yeah, I mean that's that's what Sea of Thieves is basically. Which I think. I don't know. Maybe their way to like win it is to not do the exact Sea of Thieves model, which was released with not much, and then uh, you know the, the old No Man's Sky trick, release with not much and improve on it down the line, hoping that people stay with it. Where mm-hmm. this maybe releases everything just at once and then makes small improvements instead of the other way around type of thing, like the funnels. Yeah, the funnels going from the big end to the small end versus the small end to the big end. Yeah. I just hope it's not like a 100% reboot. I hope it's like, let's use what we've made. Because if they're rebooting it and starting fresh, then it's um, going to be forever. I'll just refer you to the beginning of your own story of has reportedly undergone a major internal reboot. <laughs> <laughs> after, multi- like, after multiple delays and the departure of its original creative director. There, you remember how they were supposed to be the TV show? Yeah. Uh, trust me, I remember that. Was it HBO, right, or Showtime? Uh, I think Showtime. I want to say Showtime. I don't or know. no, did Showtime have black sales? Showtime had black sales. Yeah, yeah. so I think it was HBO then, probably. They wanted I just, uh, show. I'm definitely leery. Of this the game's show. not going to exist. Of the game, I mean, neither one. Are yeah, gonna at this be. point, neither one are going to exist. I feel like at this point, it should they should consider cancellation. At this point, the only thing I'm scared about is the next Assassin's Creed. And I don't mean Vikings. I mean the one after it. Yeah. Yeah. Ubisoft's in some when, interesting places right now. For when they come back and they go, hey, we know all those assets you guys aren't using, so we're just going to put them in an Assassin's Creed game. Sorry. <laughs> because they haven't gotten this right in the last, what's this been, three years? Or more? For Skull and Bones. Since they announced this? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Four? It's got to be, like, close to four. Was it during the For Honor thing? Because that's even longer. Uh, either way, so when they did that, that was on the Xbox One and PS4. Like, you guys now need to redevelop for an entirely new console generation. Or die. Is, it, was, it was announced in 2017. Okay, E3 so three, 2017. So three years. Three years at which I doubt they probably had the PS5s and Xbox Series Xs. Yeah, for sure. So now you're needing to build for those, which probably lends itself better to an open world game than the current gen does. I would assume. At least that would be the theory, right? You have have more resources thrown into this open world to actually create these player bases and these AI. Depending on what the community is doing, at any given moment, we'll spin it around the world and like, wee! And I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. I'm just concerned that it's going to turn into Fortnite with boats because, like, <clears throat> boats I don't start think, flossing. I can't imagine um, Ubisoft's like current aesthetic and engine design and stuff like that. Well, I guess it'd be like the division, essentially. Like, can you imagine doing large community? events simultaneously with the division i think that would be probably pretty cool actually it would be cool but i feel like it'd break oh it would 100 percent break 
it would do nothing but break if you had everybody try to just launch like one of their abilities at the same time. The whole thing oh, yeah. would be garbage. <laughs> it would crash immediately. But uh, it would be cool. Yeah, the division would be the one that makes a lot of sense. But it's just like it's, I, I, if they're incorporating the idea of like when they say the community, do they mean everybody's in one server or is it, you know, it's a multiple server thing where you join up your friends and then you're on that server with them, even though they don't necessarily declare that you're on a certain server, you, Mm -hmm. they have that like instanced moment where you're kind of, you know, you could be sailing next to somebody and be sailing next to And that person say that I am standing there, but you don't see them until you actually like join parties. And then they phase into your joined world or whatever. I, I have no idea. I mean, how does Fortnite do it? Like they they seem to have a cap as far as well. Fortnite the just of people that just, could be in. Yeah, it's just your island. It's just the same. You know, even when they do those events, it's everybody drops into a match. So it's the hundred. It's the hundred people, mm-hmm. and it's just everybody drops into a match at that time. So there's probably I don't know how many matches happening, but it's still the hundred people cap of that are on that island. I so, doubt which would be interesting how many how many Fortnite matches start when an event starts like a few thousand and then when people can't get into a match do they just watch it on Twitch like I, I don't know Yeah I mean that's what Fortnite does so like I don't know like I I have faith like I like I generally enjoy Ubisoft's games but like I can't foresee them pulling off something like this at least on the first try like it's hard to believe I I agree. And then it also makes me look back at what we're talking about when we go first try. Yeah. Whew, you guys have already taken some swings here and clearly internally not liking it. And I've been making fun of it for two years. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, I've hated it for three years. I hated it when it was announced. But I've been making fun of its existence now for two years because we don't hear anything or see anything about <laughs> it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that, that game's dead for now. Let's uh, let's move on to number two then. Microsoft is planning to launch its game streaming service, currently known as Project xCloud, free to its paying Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers in September. The free xCloud service will allow Xbox players to play games on mobile devices or even start a game on their consoles and resume it on their phone or tablet. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate combines Xbox Live Access and Xbox Game Pass subscription. And starting in September, xCloud game streaming into a single X15 monthly subscription. (laughs) (laughs) There's been no word on when xCloud will be launching on its own or what devices will be supported. Did I say X enough in there or Xbox? Because holy shit, their marketing lingo is terrible for that. Uh, X gonna give it to you. <laughs> so I'm so sad they don't play that during like if that doesn't because they have the reveal on the 25th or whatever. So this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, or I guess next Saturday, depending on when you're listening to this, have their Xbox event. So I think we also might actually just delay our recording by a day or two because of yeah, that. That makes sense. Uh, but you know that's logistical things. Welcome to behind the scenes. The they need to come out and just like it's going to be a recorded video and not have this but if they had had E3 and Phil Spencer just walks out with a giant X on his chest to X going to give it to you 
that's all they need to do and they would win e3 because it would just be the greatest moment and everybody would laugh be good it would be fantastic there was also um i didn't throw it in here but it is relevant to this particular news article is that the uh, monthly option or the yearly option the 12 month option for um xbox live i think it was i'm pretty sure it's xbox live okay but don't 100 percent quote me on this is no longer available for purchase oh so the only oh okay that's interesting I mean, that makes sense so they, if you're going to try to pivot to something like this. Yeah, the assumption is that there's major changes coming, so Microsoft pulled it so that they could, you know, make their announcements next week. I still... And then do their changes. Yeah. And I that would definitely make a ton of sense. I also wouldn't be surprised if they just got rid of that idea. And they're like, hey, now if you want to get that, you can do the Xbox Live. Like, just do the Game Pass Ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, you're going to get both features. It's That's not a bad thing. And some people will be like, oh, I only want to pay for that. Like, well, you can do it in smaller doses, but we're not going to let you do it for 12 months anymore or something like that. But yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the feature thing definitely makes sense too. The- I mean, realistically, Game Pass Ultimate, which is, you know, Xbox Live, Game Pass, and now xCloud all in one service. And if they keep it at $15 a month, right. that's a crazy good deal. Yeah, it's the it's the best service deal that there is, period. It's not even close. The other, uh, to to split my eggs from the one basket I put them in a couple weeks ago, I'm gonna put them. In, I'm gonna put them in two baskets now. With with the Xbox event on the horizon, I feel it's I feel it's time I should hedge my bets a little. Lockhart. I initially okay. deemed Lockhart. Do we talk about Lockhart later? Uh, no, we don't. I don't think we do. Okay, good. I, I saw it. I saw I paused myself because I saw another Microsoft story and I was skimming through it real quick to make sure I'm not about to talk ahead of myself, but I do it anyway all the time. So, oh, yeah, that's what I forgot to do. I had meant to move all the stories <laughs> to be near each other. And I, I know. I like that we started off with the Ubisoft story just so I could shit on it and we're going to cover back to Ubisoft forward <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so, the Lockhart, I said it was probably the profile was so slimmed down that. To me, it screamed that that's how they were going to emulate like 360 titles and older, the original Xbox, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's my one basket. Okay. The other basket I would like to take some eggs from and put in that. The other basket is titled Lockhart is the xCloud device that they haven't told you about yet. Meaning, mm, okay. yes, it's technically an all digital version of the xbox series x except it's all the stuff they have tested that they need to run just from your home so similar how like stadia would send you the you know the controller or whatever and like i think the chromecast this is lockhart is the device that they're like we are putting some rendering and some stuff on this device that is being streamed from xcloud so we're giving you a much smaller but much more substantial device than like a Google Chromecast to make the dual connection for what xCloud might be and this. Uh, I like that theory. I like that theory too. <laughs> I mean, I like both to be honest because both to me make sense. Uh, but it would definitely be interesting in, with your event coming up because I, I still don't... Those specs on an all digital thing don't make sense. Because your all digital thing would just need to be the same as the original, without a disk drive. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so if they did had... you see the other news article that is Microsoft related? Did you did you see what it was? Or Microsoft not? Flight Simulator. Well, not that one. <laughs> no, the one uh, after that about uh, the consoles. Yeah, that's the one I was skimming through to make sure that I wasn't uh, okay. speaking out of myself. All right. We'll have to circle back to this theory, see if like, yeah, yeah. that we'll, changes. We'll here. circle back to the there, then we'll talk about Xbox Live again, two stories after that. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. We literally go like every other, th- every three stories is Microsoft. <laughs> Keeping people on their toes here. Oh, I fucking love the way that we edit ourselves so fast. And the best part is you can change a doc all around. I can't, I won't get the update. <laughs> That's true. I'll start, you know what, just change it on your end and I'll start guessing at where we are. I'll throw a dart at my tablet and figure it out. But yeah, I mean, uh, that the, the service going free to its Game Pass Ultimate subscribers in September is big. And also that, you know, that's going to show up in in the 25th uh, event. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like if, if that's I not can... their biggest announcement, period. It's kind of weird because I did see a story earlier from Phil Spencer, basically, where he said he was telling journalists or something that like. This upcoming event, uh, he was like, what was, how did they put it? He was like tempering their expectations because he's like, this, this event coming up is strictly games, no hardware, no like whatever, just games. So I'm wondering like if that's true or not, or what, you know, like what the case is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the old, uh, I mean, it would also be smart for him just to do that and get out ahead of everything. At, mm-hmm. After how bad their last one went, when they were touting the, God, what was the tagline for that last terrible event they did? We'll change the future of gaming. We'll change gaming as we know it. I don't remember what the. It was a very presumptuous, a pompous title that they were putting on. Mm-hmm. That like five game thing that crashed and burned. It didn't look top like good at all. And it's like, you should get out right now and just be like, we're not discussing certain things. Let's bring the expectations way down. Let's everybody relax. Because all of you are out running around screaming price points and blah, blah, blah. Just like that. No. (laughs) Here's a game. Now shut up. Here's Halo Infinite. Here's the new Fable. Here's Forza. Here's Hellblade 2. Let's just everybody relax. Here's Psychonauts 2. You forgot about that one, didn't you? So. We'll have to remember that and see if they come out in that order. <laughs> no, no, there's no way. They, they, they do not open that show with Halo. I well, think, you never know. I think that would be a terrible move. I think, that you need to, <laughs> I think you need to close the show with Halo. Open it with, like, open it with Hellblade or Forza or whatever and then close with... Open it with Fable because nobody knows what's going on with that. That would be fine. But you have to close with Halo. Yeah, but no one cares about Halo anymore. Right, but if Halo bombs, if this, if your reveal is that it's not good, like to the con- the consumer's eye, nobody gives a shit about the rest of the show. True. If that, sh- true. if they, if they put out their their you know supposed best foot forward and it's Halo, and everybody goes, "What the hell is this?" Nobody watches the rest of the show. So just, even if you think it's amazing, just put it at the end. Because then you either close on a bang or a disappointment. But people can go, but remember all those things we saw before that? You know, just put it at the end. There you go. 
Nate's uh, <clears throat> recommendations for Microsoft. I tell you, I can do the whole corporation thing. Just put me in a boardroom where I get to be the guy from the meme that gets thrown out the window. Please know what meme I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a favorite recently. Yeah, it's pretty good. Makes a suggestion and then they're like, what? No, get out. See you later. All right. Sony is ordering at least 50% more PlayStation 5 consoles than it had originally planned to ship this year. According to reports in the Japanese press, uh, while the company was expecting to produce around 6 million consoles in 2020, Nikkei says that the figure is now at about 9 million, while Bloomberg says it could reach 10 million. Both publications attribute the increased production to a higher demand for at-home entertainment in the wake of the pandemic. Uh, For reference, the PS4 sold 4.2 million consoles by the end of December following its launch in November of 2013. Which, I... All those numbers to me are hysterical. So, it's launch of the PS4. Mm -hmm. Sold... What was it, 4.2? Yes, 4.2. Yeah, I set my tablet down like an idiot as I was trying to reference it. Uh, 4.2. I was drinking water when you asked that, so I was like, oh god. (laughs) We we sabotaged ourselves. (laughs) Uh, so they sold at 4.2. Yes. Reports were that their next generation, the upcoming one, was already going to be making six. Which yes. is 1.8 million more than the than the amount that sold. Not even the amount that was made. The amount that sold from launch to end of December. Yeah, which, if we remember correctly, everyone was saying that that was them being conservative. Which I thought was kind of funny. Right. Was them being like, whoa, they didn't make, you know, they're holding back numbers. They didn't make that many, blah, blah, blah. After even like our, from us working the retail side of that at that time, we had our X amount of pre-orders. We sold through all those. Don't worry about it. I have one of them. Then we still had even come like Black Friday and throughout the rest of the holiday, we still had pallets coming in pretty frequently. Like we didn't ever except for like the the first like two weeks maybe, have a problem of shortages. I would say, yeah. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And it was just... There, like, I think there was shortages in like larger cities. Yeah, but... probably in larger cities. And I mean, that just makes sense with population stuff or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think we still usually almost always had one or, or at least had them frequently showing up. Yeah, I think the, was I, I think the like... Xbox was a different scenario. I think we usually had problems with that because the way they bundle yeah, the... things around holiday, but... We never, we never had like Nintendo Switch or Xbox 360 level of Nothing. shortages. Yeah, yeah. Switch especially. Switch you couldn't find any. Even at the beginning of this pandemic, you couldn't find them. You just couldn't. No, they were no. all bought up. But the going back to the number thing. So they've said that they were going to, in theory, make more than they sold of the last generation, which is good. You always want to see an increase. But now that's not enough. So we're going to more than double the amount made than we sold last generation, which is super interesting given you haven't told anybody a price point yet. Yeah. And they're saying, they're saying Sony is ordering at least 50% more PS fives than it had originally planned to ship. Right. So 
maybe I don't. This is weird. This this is story is so weird to me because I'm like, are they trying to just get of get ahead of any like stockpile shortage? Just have a giant stockpile? Do they genuinely think they're going to sell way more than they sold PS4? Because I think we can agree the PS4 itself was even uh, an aberration as far as its sales. Like in terms of like was, the things around it, yeah. <clears throat> It sold way better than anyone had anticipated. Yeah, I mean, it sold it sold better than anticipated for multiple reasons. One, the E three before that they won, and Xbox mm-hmm. shit the bet on. And then they like from that outset, from those two conferences and leading up to that month, Xbox was playing behind the ball. They were a yeah. PlayStation was a hundred dollars cheaper, had everything that everybody wanted, and wasn't doing like the the weird messaging that they sent or that they eventually went back on from E three. So it was like, mm-hmm. oh, how do you share your games? You just hand them. Like all those great things and all the marketing and whatever contributed to. I'm also just not going to spend a hundred dollars more. Yeah, which for some people um, that comes down to the entire. That's the entire thing. Actually, I think mm-hmm. probably for like the large majority of people, that's the entire thing. As long as they can play their games, we're going to tell me it's a hundred dollars cheaper over there. Well, all right, I only play FIFA and Madden anyway. Uh, speaking of this Nikai publication, um, while I was looking into this story, they have a really cool article about Sony's PS4 factory, which is basically completely automated. Um, Shock, from, shocker. They, Fucking robots. Yeah, I know. They have a ton of like cool pictures, though, and like uh, they talk all about, like they so like Sony gets their their robots from Mitsubishi and um, all this other cool stuff. So if you're curious, I always love when Google. you hear, hear the things like, you know, gets their robots from Mitsubishi and I'm just like, they make cars. And then you have to remember that everything that all these other companies make. And it's like, you know them for one thing, but yeah. no, nah, they do so many other things. <clears throat> I once did, uh, this is completely off topic, but I once <laughs> went into a, uh, like a Google, uh, you know, rabbit hole mm-hmm. on, Japanese automotive companies. Oh boy. And like, they don't like Mitsubishi, for example, like they make all of their, they're like a big fucking like heavy machinery company. Yeah. And that's where they make all their money. It's like the same thing for like Kawasaki. Cars are a side project for them. Yeah, basically same thing with like Kawasaki and um, what's the other one I was thinking of Suzuki. Suzuki, yep, Suzuki's the same way. Um, the the funny one, like the ones that Americans would probably expect to be like the big Japanese companies aren't nearly as big as you would think, like Honda, for example. Right. Like Honda's not nearly the same size as like Mitsubishi or well, Kawasaki. Honda, or... Honda's a Japanese-American company. Take, yeah. take that for what you want it to mean, I guess, but like they're... Yeah, you know what? Yeah, there you go. That's all I need to say. Well, no, that's that's fairly accurate. I mean, Honda didn't exist until like post World War Two. So yeah, and it's it's just the way that like how many Hondas do we see here versus how many Mitsubishi's do we see here? Yeah, where I think that scale probably flips exactly in the opposite direction over there. But I'm you know guessing, so I'm not 100 percent positive. <laughs> all right. No more production, except for the next story, which, speaking of production, increase 
Oh, speaking of production increases on games hardware, I guess we're getting really specific with our segues. Anyway, Facebook <laughs> is ramping up production of Oculus VR headsets, according to guess who, Nikkei, with a similar goal of pushing growth up to 2 million units in the second half of 2020. This would reportedly be up 50% on its output for the whole of 2019. The company said, uh, sorry, the company is said to be starting mass production for a new headset this month, though Nikai doesn't say whether it's a standalone system like the Quest or a tethered headset like the Rift S. Oculus, man, just making headsets. Dude, you can't, like, since I, like, I follow all the VR subreddits on, uh, and, like, you can't find Rift headsets, like, hardly ever. Like, when they go back in stock, like, they're usually like, out of stock with inside an hour. You're talking, like, Rift S's? Yeah. Specifically, or, like, Rift in general? Well, the Quest as well. The Quest is the oh. same way. Because there's, like, a really big demand for them right now. But <clears throat> on that last comment, I would be extremely surprised if it's another tethered headset. Yeah, I feel like that's the... the, the um, That's the old model. You know what I mean? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's not that new new. To give you an idea, and it's a running joke online, I haven't received an update on my Rift S since I played Half Life Alex. It has not received a software update. Oh, like a firmware update or whatever? Yeah. Whereas the Quest has received like probably uh, an update every week. Oh, interesting. So Rift S2 confirmed. Yeah, Rift S is... Well, I'm saying the Rift S is the redhead stepchild, and Ah. they only care about the quest now. (laughs) No, no, no. You you don't need a Rift S. No, no, shush, shush, shush. Don't worry about it. It's okay. But to be fair, from what I've seen online when I was playing Half-Life Alex, the quest worked just as well when it was in its, like mode where it gets linked to a PC. In its non-tethered mode, you're saying? Or in its tethered mode? Both. Like, okay. they, it so worked they... okay in the tethered mode, and then they had there was a third-party app that you could hook it to a PC untethered, like, wirelessly. Oh, okay. And it worked really well as, as well, so... Screw it, then. 2020. Yeah. Cut the tether. Cut the cord. Yeah. Again. Let's bring that back. Keep cutting cords. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Cut the cord too. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Why'd the lights go out? <laughs> uh, speaking of more useless information, uh, Microsoft this Flight podcast Simulator. brought to you by. <laughs> uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator will launch on August 18th for PC. Uh, Microsoft is launching three different versions of the Microsoft Flight Simulator with the standard edition priced at $60 with 20 planes and 30 airports. And the deluxe edition will be priced at $90 and include five additional planes and five additional airports. The premium deluxe includes 10 additional planes in total and 10 extra airports. And it's priced at $120. All right, so hold up. Though, that, those second. those those math numbers do not equate to what you think they should. <laughs> so for six, that's a lot of money. So for sixty dollars, you give me 
20 planes, and 30 airports. I take your deal, Warlord. Thank you. Now, I give you twice the money, and you give me half the planes and a third more airports. Da fuck, sir? Da fuck? I feel like I this... have negotiated a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> Worst deal in history. The people... <laughs> ah, the negotiator. not stupid. <laughs> The people who buy Flight Simulator are like the most hardcore people ever. Yeah, they're the people that have so, a cockpit in their fucking living room. They're the ones yeah, that are going to see hundred. Actually, look up and flick all one hundred switches before they take off. Their <laughs> they're going to see one hundred and twenty dollars and be like, "Oh, that's a good deal." Yeah, their wife is the tower in the kitchen. He's like, "Am I clear <laughs> to take lights. off?" And she's like, "Fuck you! I hate this game. I want a divorce." <laughs> I'm clear to take off then. Thank you. <laughs> uh, like, uh, it's what just, a game. I, I've seen some people play it and it has no interest to me. Uh, not the new one. I've seen old ones, but it's such just like a wild thing to me. It, especially because the 120, there's got to be more to it than $120 gets me 10 extra planes in there in airports there has got to be something more in there i don't know like i like, don't is it think a, is so there a and season i think pass and i think like <laughs> some of the big airports are behind that paywall like some of the really big airports like you know the your ones jfk the international your LAXs, yeah. yeah you know you're not just gonna be flying out of uh saint paul minnesota Nothing against St. Paul. Beautiful beautiful place, but, you know. You're not the always under construction LAX. Uh, someone will have to, uh, maybe I'll watch someone stream it on Twitch. Yeah, but I want to find the guy that has the cockpit. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm I mean, not watching somebody play this with a, with a controller or a keyboard mouse. That's just not. The, I need a flight stick and a lot of other buttons. I feel like there's no one who's going to play this game with a controller. Like, at the bare minimum, you have to at least have a joystick. There's somebody that's going to. But they're they're heathens and should be burned in fire. Because they're wrong. That's fair. Somebody's going to say, like, well, what about driving games with a steering wheel? Like, if I could afford the rig I wanted to, yes, I'd agree. I would have never played it again with a controller. <laughs> I'd sit in my $3,000 Thrustmaster chair that shook every time I drove down a, the rumble strip in Formula One. All right, that would be fantastic. It was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to leave the VR headset at your house for a week at some point, a week or two, a couple weeks, month. I don't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> at this point, who cares? <laughs> they all blend together. It's like you put the thing on, and once you pop it into that helmet mode, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, but I feel like I need a steering wheel at that point because otherwise, I don't know if a controller it, will like fuck with my motion sickness. It do, it is really weird, like not on a motion sickness level, but like just the. But you're there. The sensa- it's, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely would be. It would definitely be interesting for us to do that again of of that, and then just try to find. God, if we could find a steering wheel and gas pedal set that wasn't going to rake us over the coals that we were happy with, and actually just <laughs> be like, all right. I'm gonna go put out a, put out some heat laps on so and so in Project Cars, and then just give you. Dude, the heads, we could do give you the headset. We and could fight each other in time trials. 
We could do like a genuine endurance race. Like we could do a twenty four hours of Lama. Right? Yeah, we, do an we, actual we, do an actual twenty four hours. I got twelve. You got twelve. <laughs> exactly. We could do switch and stints. Like you get six hours. I get six hours. You get six hours. Switch stints, but have like the water bottles with the long straws on them. So you just put it up to the person's face, and you're like, "Don't worry, <laughs> keeping you hydrated. We're good. Here, here's a slice of pizza. Eat that. All right, let's keep going." Because <laughs> you can, I looked at it, and I'm pretty sure. So when you go to the Le Mans track and, and Project Cars too. I'm pretty sure uh, the length of the race is adjustable to 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely is. So you can sit there for 24 hours and race Le Mans. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's actually done that. Oh, my God. I hope not. Somebody, I think, has. But I almost hope that somebody didn't do it just because of that would feel so – that's got to be – it's got to be terrible. Like, if you don't – if you do it without pausing – and you're not actually like if you're not actually racing Lamar, but you're doing it in the game. Like I don't, I don't know. I think if we did it, I would probably say like eight hour stints for each of us. <laughs> Just to, even that would be even that'd be difficult. terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Even even then, even if we did two hours, do one hour of racing in that simulate in that you'd be sweating your balls off. <laughs> oh, there's Milo. Hi, Milo. <laughs> but yeah, one. One hour. Even if we did it that we're like it's a two hour race, I got the first hour, you got the second hour. I don't remember what's a lap time at Lamar. Oh, I don't even know. Is it over it's over ten minutes, right? Except for like the super super cars which do it stupidly fast. But either way. Yeah, like the prototype cars. So maybe you get like ten laps in or something in ten hours, which or sorry, in one hour. That track is still super long. <laughs> yeah, the track is uh, just shy of 14 kilometers. It's a pretty long track. Yeah, so, I mean, it'd it definitely be an interesting thing for us to undertake of some uh, weekend in which we decide to not have any lives and make your wife hate us. Yeah. So the lap record at Le Mans is 3 minutes, 14.79 seconds. Yeah, but that was set by the like, super electric car or whatever. That, yeah, by what, that the isn't Toyota like, Hybrid. Yeah, which isn't feasible because I think you have to swap batteries after like two laps. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about that car where it's like, okay, cool, it did that, but it can't do it consistently. All right. All right. Let's move to... Um, <laughs> What? Back on topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as on topic as we get. Number six, Tiny Build has acquired the development team behind popular indie horror games Hello Neighbor for an undisclosed sum. GamesBeat reports the team, which previously worked at Dynamic Pixels, will now form a new company called Eerie Guest Studios. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So they were their publisher before and now they bought them. Goodbye, probably. I mean, Hello that, Neighbors, that game pretty... is still always putting out content. Oh, yeah. Pretty popular. It has, like, books, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's got books, plushies, the game, then, like, two different variations of the game. One where you play as a lot of the kids trying to hide, and the secret neighbor is that one. And, yeah, so I, I think the whole thing and the name being Eerie Guest basically makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it plays They got on, a theme. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Bungie has announced that it's delaying its next major Destiny 2 expansion, Beyond Light, to November 10th due to the difficulties of development during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The expansion was originally set to release on September 22nd. So, uh, the cynic in me wants to blame not the pandemic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously affected everybody, and this and it's probably very much the reason, but tinfoil hat theory, it wasn't ever ready to begin with. And there, it was, there were definitely problems with it even after the June event and, like, reveal and things. And it's another one of those ones where it's like, it was good that they left Activision, but was it? But truly, the pandemic is probably the reason. It's just me, yeah. me being a cynic. They haven't come out with anything since they left Activision, right? This was going to be the first thing, uh, or was First they've, Light? They've had, I think, First Light might have been there, might have been after. Which was, but then there's been a lot of like little season things or whatever too. But like mm-hmm. true big booyah expansion. 
last I saw, people were not necessarily thrilled about this because it was actually removing a lot of content. Right, because they they were cutting back on like planets and stuff. Where like we can't just keep expanding and not rebalancing old stuff. So they're like, what if yeah. we just take it away? What if yeah. we Death Star Earth and like who cares? Move on. I mean, Interesting. It, it makes sense, but yeah, people weren't uh, excited about the idea. Mm-hmm. Number eight, back to Microsoft. Microsoft is officially halting the production of its Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital edition consoles. Quote, as we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping production on Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital edition. Quote says a Microsoft spokesperson in a statement to The Verge. Xbox One S will continue to be manufactured and sold globally. So just the digital. Yep, just the digital and just the One X. Does that change your your theory at all, or does it still remain the same? No, that almost concrete, I think, helps my theory. I would agree. They're getting rid of all the other digital stuff they can still make the physical one because they don't care and they're getting rid of all the other digital stuff so they can make your one new digital product and move forward with that and not mm-hmm. have the confusion around the idea of what a digital product is from them anymore yeah and the one x was like too close to the series x yeah that was just going to be a naming nightmare yeah and the one s is now you know doing what it was doing prior, which is being like the entry level console, I guess. Yeah. Outside of like the digital version. <clears throat> and it's just the all, all di- right. Yeah, it's just the all digital stuff. So it's it it doesn't change my theory at all for me. Oh, my eye is bugging uh, out. Number nine. Electronic Arts has decided to pull all references to the Washington Redskins name and logo from its upcoming Madden NFL 21 game releasing next month. The move follows the the landmark decision from team leadership earlier, earlier this week to change the Redskins name and overhaul its brand in response to years of protests and criticisms criticism from activists and corporate sponsors over its racial history. The news of EA's plans to update Madden for August 25th release was first reported by Gotaku on Friday. That was my story where I fucked up a ton. Yeah, that was the one. Uh, it's an it's an interesting thing, but it also was just like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it doesn't surprise me because the team has come out and said, like, we're going to change our name or whatever. And EA is like, well, we can't just run with what you didn't. You aren't called anymore, so... We'll wait for you to tell us. Like, yeah. Nothing, well, that was there's nothing else they can do. <laughs> that was going to be my question. Was have they decided on a name yet or a, a no, branding? No. They they I don't know. Last this Monday or the Monday before or something had said that they were going to be starting to look at it, but that they would have a new a new thing soon or something. Hmm. Uh, you think they would have like been working on this already? Oh, you would think so, but there's also quotes from the owner and such. I think it's the owner that maybe it was last year or two years ago or something. The last time their name came up when people were like, you need to change your name, they doubled down and like, we're not changing the name. It's part of our blah, blah, blah. And they were just, they were like, we will never, you can, I I can't remember if the quote said something along the lines of like, mark my words, this team will never change its name. And now here we are. Yeah. So they were like, really resistant to it yeah so you have a tone deaf person who doesn't give a shit and then 
you have moved forward to this, and they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe we should. But this story, just from the EA perspective, I think it's just hysterical. Hey, so currently we we are going to have a team with no name in the game. What? <laughs> well, they don't have a just name. Gonna be, they're just going to call it Washington, and that's it. I mean, until if if they don't have something by August 25th, but I think they'll also kind of have to because, in theory, the NFL season should have started by then. Yeah. In theory. <laughs> People keep forgetting that the NFL still hasn't started yet. Number 11. Google has sent, right? 11? No. 10. 10, sorry. Number 10. Forgot I was evens. Number 10, Xbox Live general manager Dan McCulloch announced his departure from Microsoft on Twitter last night. For almost three years, McCulloch has headed up Xbox Live for the company. Prior to that, his tenure with Microsoft was largely spent focusing on emerging technologies. He oversaw HoloLens first-party software development and was the Xbox division's head of mixed reality. McCulloch revealed his next role the following day via Twitter, and he has joined Electronics Art, Electronic Arts as studio general manager for the team behind Skate, the revived skateboarding IP. How does this make you feel about Xbox Live, Matt, going into your changes idea? Huh? I mean, it makes sense, obviously. Clearly a handoff. Yeah, clearly also, Xbox Live is dying. They don't have a need for them anymore. They've pulled the 12-month cards. It's all going to be part of Game Pass and only. And who gives a shit? It's dead otherwise. Welcome to the next generation. Woo! <laughs> I wasn't going to go that hard into it, but uh, that's cool too. <laughs> just, picture, <laughs> just picture Phil Spencer walking out with an Xbox Live picture and like tearing it up. He's like, this shit's antiquated. Y'all pay for internet anyway. Fuck this. Let's go. Um, I think the interesting thing is he's the general manager for Skate. Yeah. So that clearly means that game is like, was never even started like we had suspected. Yeah, because it wasn't started. It's not even, they literally called those guys three minutes before the show and went, not even three, not three minutes, but like three days. Uh, and went, Hey, we're going to bring back skate you guys in. And they're like, yeah, we haven't done anything else. And so then they quickly set up webcams and like, good news. Skate is back. And you're like, but you haven't started yet. <laughs> It does make uh, me, th- it, if he has this, uh, let me just read, I want to double check with something before I keep going. Okay, so, you know, head of Xbox Live, GM, cool, whatever. Largely spent focusing on emerging technologies and stuff like that. So, I'm just hoping we still just get Skate 4. Not Mobile Skate. Not Tony Hawk's ride where you, they send you the, the skateboard. Like, no. Just give me skate. If they came out with... I kind of want them to come out with a mobile game because it would be, like, literally the worst decision they could make. I mean, it would be EA, right? And it, like, the backlash hey, here's would be that sounds, so fun. Here's something that sounds so great on your phones. And everybody's just like... Like, the gamer tears would be salty and sweet. Delicious. Oh yeah, it'd be, uh, I'd be it'd pissed. Be I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be it. I wouldn't be crying about it. But I'd be. You'd have anger tears coming out of my head, just sweating anger. Uh it. I mean, the this that 
I can't speak. The idea of the online guy heading up skate is kind of cool because maybe it's skate four, but with more like before you could have some online stuff, but you usually had to like invite each other to a match and blah, blah. If you gave me like a true online open world skate, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. I think that'd be really cool, especially with the whole idea as games, the whole games as a service thing. And like where like, We've gone with customization as ca- for characters and stuff like that would fit very nicely into a skate universe. All right, so I'm gonna reread an entire story. You guys try to figure out which one it is, and I'm gonna change words in it and hope that this works. All right, here we go. Electronic Arts Skate Adventure Game Skate has reportedly undergone major internal reboot after multiple <laughs> delays and departure of its original creative directors. <laughs> Uh, Skate is being revamped away from the premium model of other Electronic Arts open world titles to more of a live storytelling model inspired by elements of Fortnite. (laughs) Previously, the title was grounded in a single player campaign with the ability to team up alongside other people to participate in PvP skate battles. Under its new direction, the game will focus heavily on collaboration and will have persistent world with quests, characters, and storylines that will change over time based on what the collective player base is doing, rather than a story focused around an individual. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, largely based on Anthem. Oh, God. (laughs) No, that would be be the other open world titles they're straying away from. (laughs) Uh, classic. But I mean All that right. if you re if you rewrote that statement to be skate, I'd be like, okay, I'm actually kind of excited for that. <laughs> You're giving me this online, you know, this open world, you know, whatever. You give me, I don't know, L.A., Santa Monica, whatever. Give me some city that has a lot of, or even if it's a completely fake city, who cares? But has a lot of these all these things in it that you go to because even in the the single player games or whatever, you still went to other characters and like did quests kind of for them. And you still, you were able to skate around the open world and go find those guys. So why not just have that same thing? And then like the moment you trigger the quest, you get zoned into your instance of the quest and go on. Like I, I'd be so down for that idea of just skating around, man. Then having it, it's an EA game. So have all or a lot of the cosmetics be unlockable by like daily quests or give me, give me daily quests where it's like grind for a hundred meters. Do uh, this sweet kickflip off, you know, with a 30 foot drop or something like those. Give me daily missions to weekly missions and then give me loot chests. I'm going to piss people off saying this. Give me loot chests afterwards that give me cosmetics of clothing, skate decks, trucks, wheels, like grip tape, shoes, hats, whatever. They give me those loot boxes after that for completing some daily missions that keep me coming back in to get sweet looking gear and stuff like that. It's definitely doable. This is like heresy, but I feel like Skate is one of the only franchises that I could I can imagine microtransactions and loot boxes like working in. Right, and this and not Go ahead. And like, you know, not being obnoxious if it was, you know, priced fairly. It doesn't don't even don't even put a price on it. I don't even want them to put a price on it. That's the problem that we would have is that EA would be like, well, you just buy 50 of them for $300 and then there you go, kid. Like, no, 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 no. 
don't put a price on it. Have it be attainable by in-game things, either in-game currency, because you're usually going to be buying, like you're going to have stores anyway that you can buy clothes at, I'm assuming. So you're going to mm-hmm. be earning uh, money along with experience for doing those missions anyway. But in this game that doesn't exist that at all that we're making up as we go, what I want to have happen is more uh, similar to how if you logged into the division and you went through and you cleared out, like you did those challenges that day, those challenges progressed you towards getting a box for that day. And you open that box. And then like the each, the daily boxes have lower chances at high end stuff, but the weekly chest that you could get has a higher floor than the daily chest. So you would be guaranteed, like after finishing a weekly quest or whatever, you'd be guaranteed getting a uh, item of like a rare or a higher where the other chest might have uncommon, common, rare, and whatever. It's definitely doable, but don't put a real monetary value on it. Give it by in-game challenges. And then, you know, if I don't, if I want to say I buy all the clothes or all the uh, skateboard accessories, everything from the shops that you already put in the game, give me a reason, like, depending on what your your, your scale price is, like, okay, so the most expensive shop thing in a shop is, say it's like a million dollars because it's a gold crown and then you get to be a gold robe too. So you're the Burger King skating around again. <laughs> After I've saved up and whatever to buy that, I wouldn't have anything to spend money on unless you also had a vendor somewhere that sold me these chests with a chance at something in it. And you can have things locked away in chests that I can only get via chest because that makes that gives me a reason to buy that and keep me spending money. Not real money, mind you, fuckers, not real money. And it's like, okay, they have certain varieties of chests or something that you could buy. So you have some you can earn just from playing if you don't want to spend any money. Then they have like two other ones where they have like a super premium chest and a middle tier chest. So you get the two that you earn and then you can buy more of you know those versions or something. And then if you want to spend the other another like million that you got your crown from, you spend another million on a like guaranteed legendary quote rarity chest that has, I don't know, who knows, maybe 10 things in its loot table. Like there, it's definitely possible to make skate be an RPG style like that, and I'm all about it. But they're not gonna do it. They're gonna just screw me over. Yeah, I mean that's true. You might as well just you know forget everything that you just said because it's uh, you know it's not gonna happen. You're right. If anybody <laughs> was listening to this, go back to the like when I ever whenever I started that rant ten minutes ago, and then so rewind the episode and then skip forward back to this moment. <laughs> problem solved it's like you never heard it uh, like I said yeah. put me in that corporate meme where I come up with ideas and then all the companies when I come up with good ideas throw me out the window there was a, um, a g- interesting argument I was listening to the other day about how uh, what, what was the because video games haven't increased in price uh, we get boring video games, basically. Which is hysterical because I, I oh Matt, don't bring this up because I was going to try to avoid that this this week. But holy shit, <laughs> can I have so many arguments with people about the pricing of video games? Because every time it comes up, where they're like, "Well, video games have been immune to inflation," and I'm like, "So is my fucking wage, you idiot." I'm not getting paid more if you scale like the way wages went 
based on what video games cost back then, people are like, yeah, back in whatever, you know, the 1990s or whatever, a game would cost you $130 today. And I was like, yeah, take a guess what other things also cost back then and what I was making back then. Not me specifically, but like when you look at jobs and the brackets of the way jobs change. Yeah. Pay, pay scale income. didn't yeah, pay scale did not go up with inflation. Inflation shot through the roof and it jobs were like, ah, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> maybe, maybe something. So there's that giant like, argument. And then there's also the argument that bigger budget on game does not equal better game. Which I kind of agree with that's, that idea. Like that's people from the it it goes back to the the idea that you shouldn't give a shit what a budget on a game is in relevant in relevancy to its price. How much money did Avengers cost to make? What were their ticket prices? Shut the fu- shut the fuck up. It was over a hundred. That's you know. Sorry if you're listening. I've few f bombs this this week. I've gotten heated. Don't mind me. EA EA comes up and I get spicy. The, I don't know, it was over $100 million easy to make. Ticket sales for me, $13. I think it was probably what we both paid when we saw Endgame and Infinity War. Do you want to know what wasn't sold to me the entire time? Hey, this movie cost $100 million to make. You should go see it because of that. But then you'll get to Marketing. the you'll get to the game thing where people are like, "This game costs so much to make because they spent so much time in blah blah blah," and it's like, but it sucks at sixty dollars. Like it's not, it's terrible. You spend a lot of time and a lot of budget, but you didn't spend it at all correctly. What? Why am I supposed to care about that? I so I don't know. There's just the, there's so many arguments around that, and like I don't have a problem with certain games going to seventy. I have a problem when all games go to 70. Just because they should. They think they should. Whatever that means. 70 is not a defined line. 60 isn't a defined line. If anybody had the balls, they would have done it last gen and just gone like, ah, screw it, we're 70. If Cyberpunk comes out at 100, I go, I understand. But when, the and the story we're hearing is with NBA, NBA, FIFA, NHL, WWE, MLB The Show, whatever, if those just start raising their price and then drop the same game every year, and if you ever talk to those guys, they'll scream and say that they that's not the same game. And we're like, oh, well, let's let's bring back your argument and bring back my argument too. You're right; they're not the exact same game. Holy fuck, they're similar. Anyway, anyway, shall we get back to the story? <laughs> I'm sure we'll circle back to that in another episode in the future because it's going to become a bigger argument. We'll circle back to it. Prices. We'll cir- yeah, as more game prices get released, I mean, ask me in late November to December when we assume consoles will be out and everything like that. Then we'll, you know, revisit the exact same topic. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey Nate, you bought that six hundred dollar console. How did it feel spending four hundred dollars in video games that you could have spent three hundred and fifty in beforehand? Well, not great, but you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Number 11, Google held a Stadia Connect event uh, this week. Uh, The gist of it is Google has signed five new developers to make exclusive titles for a Stadia cloud gaming service. Two of those those five have already realized products with one ready for release. Uh, So let's jump into the details. Uh, Developer 
Splash Damage, which developed the recent Microsoft-exclusive Gears Tactics, is now making an online multiplayer game called Outcasters, which is only on Stadia. Uh, Super Bomberman R Online, a new version of Konami's party game featuring a 64-player Battle Royale mode, will be, uh, will be a, quote, first on Stadia title when it launches this fall. I've noticed the trend here where Google is going with the... Well, I can't even really blame it on Xbox, but I think they're the first ones. I don't even remember now. Who started nitpicking with the first on exclusive two thing? Yeah, it happened pretty poorly during some Xbox One uh, E3s. Yeah. Where they're like, world premiere. Exclusive. World exclusive. Yeah, Yeah, and we're like, what the... What does any of this mean? We need a, we need a, uh, oh my God, uh, a legend. <laughs> a map a, legend. Yeah, a map legend of what all these terms mean because I can't keep them straight. Uh, let's see here. Popular strategy and tower defense studio Robot Entertainment has its third installment uh, of Orcs Must Die, which arrived Tuesday as part of the Stadia Pro subscription. Um, which is thirty dollars? The game's thirty dollars. I don't know. The One game the is the is game is the game is thirty dollars. If you have Stadia Pro, then you can just claim it and add it to your inventory. Stadia Pro uh, is Google. their like subscription, their Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, uh, Google has signed with Rock Band developer Harmonic, Until Dawn Studio, Supermassive Games, and Uppercut Games of Submerged Fame to bring exclusive games to the platform at some point in the future. At some point in the future, I think is key because especially, especially mentioning super supermassive who has little hope and stuff coming out. Yeah. Uh, so I, the harmonics one is interesting. I don't know if they're the ones making fuser or not, but I'm curious to see if we're going to get like guitar hero on Stadia and then I get to complain about lag again. That would be, I, that's the first thought I had. And I feel like that that's exactly why they shouldn't do it. I, I just remember, like, you remember that you could configure or calibrate lag in Guitar Hero? I do not. I didn't, I also, I think, Har- I think Guitar Hero player, but... I think Harmonix was Rock Band, so I might just be shitting all over the wrong IP. Could be. I'm not sure. Maybe I should, I should look that up. I don't know. I probably should have wrote that down somewhere, but... I'm pretty sure they did Rock Band and not Guitar because Guitar Hero was Activision. Uh, let's see here. Rock Band, Harmonics. Yeah, okay. So, Guitar Hero, I don't, I don't remember if you could do it in Rock Band, but you could calibrate lag to your mm-hmm. controller. So, like, you'd just sit there and get the car, it would play a little note section for you, and you'd play along with it, and they'd be like, okay, we realize there's a little bit of delay. They would try to, like, fix it for the most part. Oh my god, imagine that <laughs> with lag trying to play a rhythm game across <laughs> to Stadia. That's what I'm saying. It'd be, it'd be terrible. I don't even want to. I don't want to think about it. Just the anger I would already be in. Like I pressed the green one. <sighs> anyway, let's move on. Stadia doing things for sure. Uh, number twelve, Ubisoft Forward. Ubisoft had their sweet event on. Uh, I believe it was Sunday. Had oh, we don't even have it in here. But we had a message from one Eve Gimo and some other hosts uh but the big announcements as they were ubisoft officially announced far cry 6 
Far Cry 6 takes place on the tropical island of Yara, and the role of the villain will be played by Giancarlo Esposito, who you might know as Gus Fring from Breaking Band and Better Call Saul. Also, if you watch Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure he's the bad guy in that. Oh yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. Yeah. Ubisoft says Far Cry 6 will be available on February 18th, 2021 for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Flores, yeah, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PC, and Google's Stadia Cloud Gaming Service. Ubisoft, okay, so Far Cry 6, you see the trailer and stuff? We kind of stop. Uh, yeah, I watched it. We kind of stop and go through these. Uh, I mean, he plays a good villain, so. Oh, for sure. It makes, for sure. It makes sense to. Far Cry is, has a history of having great villains. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, for some reason, it had like more Far Cry three vibes to me than any of the other Far Cries. Like I don't know, it, it could just be like the essence of his character. But it had it def it had the three in it. But I think it's also because the way that they kind of talked about tropical islanding a little bit, where with four, I don't. I mean, four, we were locked in what Japan. Or the Himalayas. Yeah, Himalayas. Those are, those are two very different areas I'm aware of, but <laughs> the first thing I could think of was cherry blossoms and then I lost myself. Um but you're you're locked in there and it's like, okay, not really the you know, the complete desperation that three kind of put you in in a way. Of like you're locked on an island with a warlord. Yeah. And then five, you were stuck in Montana with a religious cult who was dropping nukes. So, mm-hmm. not really, once again, locked in an island <laughs> with no way out. Uh, where this one looks almost Far Cry 3 mixed with, like, Just Cause, kind of, to me a little. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, the dictator toppling a regime type of thing. Yeah. I'm and, curious to see the whole, like, are we playing as the son or are we playing as a different character? I think we're playing as somebody completely different. So, I'm curious to see, like, if the sun factors in at all. Like, if that's something we should be concerned about or not. I bet at the end, it's a conversation of whether or not you kill him. Mm. That would be very Far Cry. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, the... You basically end up kidnapping him or something in order to torture slash turn Esposito's character. Of like, where's my, you know, he's he's the one thing he cares about type of thing. Mm. Okay. You took something I care about, now I'll take something you care about. Type of, you know, who's really the bad guy story. Yeah. Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla will launch on November 17th for all the things I've already mentioned. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, what? Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla will launch on... November 17th for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC, and Stadia. And the company also shared a new gameplay trailer. Uh, Matt, you don't have the new gens listed there. I do not. Is, Did they list them? I, I'm now scared that I am about to play Valhalla on not my PS5, so now I'm checking. Well, we don't... I think that... I don't think they specified those because we don't know the release dates for those yet. That's true. Though we did see the problem beforehand when I think it yeah, was, they made was wasn't it Valhalla before in the either yeah. the Assassin's Creed video or the Xbox thing where they said they were releasing in late October or something. 
Yep, they made the mistake once already, and I think they they fixed the mistake. Okay, good. So I was gonna say, of I, being like, oh, we might have accidentally told you when the new consoles are coming out. Yeah, like, uh, our bad, oopsie. As they're doing, like, the one finger up to their lip, like, ooh, I'm so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ubisoft, stop it. What's wrong with you? Uh, uh, disturbing. The gameplay and stuff looked more Assassin's Creed. I mean, take that for what you mean. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it still looks like Odyssey. Um, I'm, I but am with just... a different skin. I am. I mean, the combat, I guess, looks a little different. Like the, the combat's different, but none of the interactions are. <laughs> like, yeah, there's still those cut together. Uh, I don't know, not cinematic moments, but like when you're having the conversation, you're still that over the shoulder look at at a face that could look better but doesn't, and, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So. I, I'm hoping to to enjoy the game and that they don't have much sailing in it, but time will tell. We shall see. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the one thing that I noticed that we didn't see was any really substantial sailing. Like, no, no looked, true sailing in the way that I have a problem with it. Yeah, it looked like they had sailing in the only way that you're okay with it. And, right, which is a means to get me to the next mission. Like, and I don't mean the black flag way because the black flag way, I I honestly probably would have even been okay with the black flag way had they not been like, your entire thing is to build up this ship and go sink other ships. And I'm like, I don't have the patience. Don't give me sea combat. Just have me like go from place to place or that type of sea combat where it was almost a cinematic basically or like a quick time event because I don't know how many archers they had on the top of that castle, but they were raining arrows down constantly. Yeah. Too many. And your ship gets a cat. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't ever want to take my ship out. I just want to leave the cat at the beach and I go hang out with it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. (laughs) Ubisoft announced that its upcoming Battle Royale shooter, Hyperspace, will enter open beta starting the same day as the forward event, which means it's out now in open beta. Ubisoft also shared a trailer for the beta and a new cinematic story trailer. Ooh, story in a Battle Royale. What are we doing here, Apex Legends Fortnite? (laughs) Uh, when is it ever going to be over with? Uh, never. Battle Royale of the future. And <laughs> and Ubisoft announced that Watch Dogs Legion will launch on October 29th on the old stuff, plus a PC and Stadia, and shared some footage from the game in a new gameplay trailer. The game takes place in London, and the big changes from previous Watch Dogs titles is that you can recruit any NPC in the game as a playable character. Uh, there's also, I believe, uh, I know Funhouse has one, and I'm sure other people do too, uh, have videos out of them having been able like to three, early play. Yeah, I think it's like three hours or something like that. Yeah, I mean, their video was edited down, so probably, but yeah, they were allowed to sit down and play Watch Dogs, and it looks pretty correct in terms of like recruit people and do things and watchdogs. And it's I, definitely an interesting idea. Um, I'm in. I'm I'm curious how robust that system is. I mean, I think the the idea of it could probably get away from us a little bit, where we expect too much. I I think it's probably in terms of like what it says at face value true. 
mm-hmm. I think what the limiting factors are is how many of those people are actually uniquely different. Yeah. So like, like I could see voiceover, like the voiced part being a problem. Right, right. And or, animations being a problem. Or you have like a spy character, but that spy character with the spy traits exists in like 30 different skins of that same character. Yeah. So you can pick and choose how who you want to recruit, but they might just be the same visually as a different person type of thing. I I'm mean, hoping they, it's like... If they really made that many unique characters, that's insane. I'm really hoping that the character traits and stuff are like procedurally generated so like you can get ridiculous combinations or like ridiculous, ridiculously good NPCs. I if you my guess randomly. is they're not to save them on things they probably just locked them all in so like they can actually go say if you recruit X he does X mm-hmm. not I mean the procedural generator would definitely be interesting and that would solve a lot of the like truly uniqueness things of you go grab anybody and they just automatically become something else but I think the way that they've touted it especially because they've kind of put certain personalities out there already with like the old yeah, woman, so you're thinking the old like man. If we search, we could search for the same character and find that same character in two different, like in your game and my game. Same character to a degree. I still think this the traits will be the same type of thing, but that their skin will be different. Like they will look visually different for you and me, but we'll be able to find that same person. Okay. Or, I, I don't know, it's weird. Because I, I think it's just going to be that there's a large amount of skins for, like, eight... There's seven classes or something that the, we're just not finding out. And that there's X amount of skins per class. Like, 60-something different unique people that fit that description. Okay. Because, like, there's We the, shall see. They've already kind of touted a little bit with... Or not that, not that part of it. But, like, when they're showing off the granny. And the, I think there was an old man at one point. But they, they touted Granny in like a couple trailers about her being part of DeadSec or whatever. You're going to have people furious if they couldn't find her. Oh, yeah. So I feel like she is going to exist. Just, finding her might not be the easiest thing because she might not be in the same place. It might be randomly generated as far as where she is. Like you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go down over by Buckingham Palace and there she is. It might be like you know you have a random chance to find her at every, at who knows wherever, or there's other people that have her skill set, but might not look exactly like her. So I don't know. I'm in, I'm intrigued. I I'm excited for. I'm hoping it's more Watchdogs, but with like the seriousness of one. If that I don't know. Did you play two? I did not, but I grabbed it. So I might play it before um, before this comes out. I, I I was indifferent on it. I think I like one more than I like two. Uh, but w- one does have that semi like emo-y story behind it. But it actually has a story where Marcus is just like, I don't give a shit. I'm, Woo! Yeah, I'm doing things. Yeah, and I'm just like, it's not that. There's nothing in it that makes me like like him at all. Uh, or yeah. I mean, the, well, obviously the one everybody likes is the one with the mask. And I can't remember his name. So that shows you how much. Well, that's I kind of the issue I could foresee with Legion, though, is because you can pick any NPC, really. Like, it's going to be hard to have, like, characters that you can really like and feel invested into 
unless the villain and the the story outside of the characters is like really good. Yeah, but I think you still have a you. I don't know if I don't know if I'm correct in this part, but you still have a you. So okay. you are still. I, I might be wrong. Like there's to, still a to, main character. I'd have to saying? go watch stuff again. Yeah, yeah, because there's. I think there's still you create your person or whatever. Like it's not. I don't think they have it tailored to. Um, like your name is Marcus. Welcome to the world, type of thing. But like, mm-hmm. hey, tell us what your name is. Create yourself. Like you have a creative character, I assume, and you get to make somebody, or you at least choose a palette based on like choose one of these characters and they skim you through three hundred, and mm-hmm. then they drop you in to bring you to the story of hey, we're recruiting people into Death Set. Go get whoever you want, type of thing. Because without that, I feel like it'd be super. Like, who do you who are you talking to at any given point if you're an NPC, if you're a villain, or even if you're somebody else trying to show anything? Because I, it just that just seems so weird to me that there wouldn't be if there was one person and then a, the whole recruitment option that makes more sense. But when there's if there's not that one person, how do you start the game and then? How does that person, or how does the person that you're interacting with that's usually like heading up DeadSec or whatever, or like communicating with you in some way, how do they do it if you're not locked into one character? Yeah. Because if you're having a conversation with the old woman, for example, and somebody else, and, you know, they're going on about like the mission and what they need to do and blah, blah, blah. And then you just swap to the spy. Is the assumption that the spy and the other three, your other options, were all standing right next to each other, listening? Because that doesn't. That seems weird. I guess but, we'll find out. I don't know. <clears throat> Wonder if there's going to be some weird like story. You know, some they if they do rectify that really immediately somehow. I could see it being such a thing because you see everybody with a the chip by their ear. So I can yeah. easily see it as just like a, we have a constant connection of conversations and, and networks. So like you can pick up where somebody else left off, which they do actually show as you can pick mm-hmm. up where somebody left off and like go finish the mission. But I, I don't, if I don't have somebody that I get to create with all those cool options that I, I've seen them add, I'd be super disappointed. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd rather have myself be able to create somebody and then form a team. Because I think your team can only get you're like your swappable people can only get to so many anyway. Yeah, I think it's like seven, right? I think that's maybe what said, seven. Yeah. It's, I think it's a limited number of how many like hot swappable people you can have. So just give me my character who then recruits the seven, and then if he sees anybody else he wants, he kicks out somebody and puts them there, like type of thing. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not playing as my character again, I still want to have like I make my character like the head of that group or something. I don't know. Alrighty. Um, Devolver Digital had their, one of their infamous events. Infamous, famous, whatever. It was unfortunately, (laughs) neither of us. (laughs) Don't don't start. I'm going to get text messages right now about us going back and forth on those words. (laughs) We haven't. We haven't personally gotten a chance to watch it yet outside of just a couple trailers, so I'm going to just breeze through the things that happened. Um, The presentation started off with a Shadow Warrior 3 trailer, including gameplay footage. Hey, more Shadow Warrior. 
uh, Shuhei Yoshida revealed that the car- that the cartoonish and adorable Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout would come to the PlayStation 4 and Steam on August 4th. Makes sense with him now being the head of, what is it, Indie Studios or whatever? Yeah. Fall Guys looks uh, fun. Party game. I haven't looked at it yet, but I'll see. I'll see it after this, I guess. Uh, Phil Spencer uh, revealed the release date of Phobio, Phobia Game Studios' long-anticipated carry-on. Uh, carry-in, I think is how that's pronounced. Yeah, I'd go with the second uh, one, yeah. Where players take control of a horrifying blob of flesh and tentacles to ruthlessly murder its victims. Uh, the game is coming to the Nintendo Switch, PC, and Xbox One. Uh, but Spencer revealed that the game would be available for Xbox Game Pass on July 23rd. Cool. It's a game that's uh, looked pretty cool ever since they announced it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gameplay and storyline trailer for Serious Sam 4. More Serious Sam. And in traditional fashion, Devolver gave us some outlandish things as well, like Devolverland Expo. Uh, Devolverland Expo is described as, quote, a first-person marketing simulator set within an abandoned convention center after the annual Devolver Digital Game Studio was mysteriously canceled, end quote. Uh, it went on to then announce that the game is free and available on Steam. Uh, other games announced include... Uh, ooh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, hmm, Oliha? Uh, Blightbound. I probably would. Oh, I would I'd, I'd probably pronounce. I'd probably put the J in there. Okay. Uh, Blightbound, uh, Weird West, and Disc Room. Yeah. And that's that's. Uh, it looks like that was it for Devolver Digital. Devolver Land Expo is free on Steam. I think it takes, according to what I saw from some people, like thirty minutes, forty minutes to run through. But it it actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks it looks good. I love that Devolver's jokes are actually always good. Like, ha! Can you imagine if we made a giant arcade cabinet for Enter the Gungeon? Well, we did! And it's like, wait, that's actually amazing. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Like, yeah, we made knockoffs of our own games. These are fun, though. It's just like... (laughs) I, I love their satire spit in the industry, but still be a part of it. Yeah. Style. Uh, and then let's wrap up with number 14. An original copy of Super Mario Bros. has sold at auction for $114,000, the most ever paid for a single video game. The sealed copy of Nintendo's platformer was sold by Heritage Auctions to an anonymous bidder. The item was graded a 9.4, indicating that it was in near pristine condition. On the same day, Heritage Auctions also sold a sealed copy of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, for more than $50,000. Big money. Big money, big games. Punch out. Famed. Super Mario Bros. Obviously famous. Yeah, they made a big deal out of that. Um, apparently it was uh, one of the early versions of the game. Because it had like a cardboard uh, hang tag. Instead of the plastic ones. Oh, Interesting. So it was like super special. Yeah, I love I love the little shit like that. Like, oh, yeah. this one has a cardboard hanger, which means it was out two years prior, and therefore is worth a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Go back to the last part. How much? Yeah, it's always interesting. 
Well, that's all I Who got. Who would have thought? Who yeah. Who thought, man? <sighs> Apparently somebody, because they didn't open it. If they probably just found it. Like, that's probably, also true. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they, they did just like, find it. I don't know. Graded it a 9.4, though, to be like near pristine. There's no way. Somebody had to have taken care of it, right? Maybe. How, or like how, someone. How did you find it so perfect? My guess is that someone's grandparents passed away. Ah. Uh, and like. Forgotten Christmas gift? Exactly. Love love those stories. Oh yeah, I bought exactly. it for old. I bought it for little Johnny, and I just never gave it to him because I completely forgot about it all those years ago. Uh, you know that's worth over a hundred thousand dollars right now, and they're like, "Oh, hey, look, Grandma's dead from a heart attack. That's weird." <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> never, never saw that one coming. Ah, oh, money kill. Money kills, man. Money kills. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I got. Uh, Same. What have you been up to this this glorious week? Uh. I mean, life events aside, uh, I've been playing. I played a good chunk of The Last of Us Part Two. A little over halfway through, I think. Yep, little, little over halfway. Um, played a little Project Cars Two, wrestling with that a little bit. Had controller issues. Um, what else did I play? Uh, played like a half hour of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, stab, stab, slice, slice. Yep, stab, stab, slice, slice. Uh, that's that's it. I think. I think that's it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to Ghost and uh, finishing The Last of Us. Obviously. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, good things to yeah. look forward to. Yep, and then. Like I said, in the middle of this podcast, I'll probably do, I'll try, I want to do Watch Dogs 2 before Legion comes out. And, uh. Yeah, I mean, it'll give you something to do. Yeah. That's, uh, that's about it. Oh, yeah, and Death Stranding as well. That's on my list on the PC. Oh, yeah. I'll maybe never get back to that. <laughs> I think I got like three hours in and I'm just kind of like, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure on that one. That's just like a. If yeah. I, yeah. finish everything and have nothing else to do then maybe I'll consider it. <laughs> if I somehow play games and get things done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel you. I mean, it's been basically the same here. Playing some played a little more Spongebob. Played some uh, switched over to the new circuit in uh, Project Cars 2. Wow. Uh, and then I managed to finish The Last of Us 2. So that is done. Woo woo. And I have started Ghosts of Tsushima. So on mm-hmm. to, on to the samurai lifestyle. Samurai. Yeah, which, I'm looking forward to that one. Which, when you finish The Last of Us, <laughs> we will have a conversation just about The Last of Us as a whole and the first to where I am now in, in Tsushima. Yeah, I definitely anticipate that I will consume uh, Shishima faster than I consume The Last of Us. Oh, so. yeah, I, I 100% think that's true, too. It's I just mean, like, I I have character questions that I want to, like, that I want, conversations that I want to have mm-hmm. uh, that I can't really have with you until you finish Last of Us. Uh, mm. Of just, like, character development issues, like, uh, questions. Okay. And just how some characters compare to other ones and me being like, 
That's interesting. Different choice. That's all. Okie dokie. But when, once you finish it, I'll, I'll have that. That talk with you. That's all. The talk. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have the talk. So there's a bird, there's a bee. Never understood that one at all. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I ever got that talk, and if I do, I don't remember it. But I never understood the idea that it was a birds and a bees conversation. Just for a, an end of the podcast tangent. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I'm in the that same doesn't, It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense. You know, let's talk about the elephants and the giraffes. No. So I, um, you know, I started listening to Colin's uh, podcast again. Yep. And he was talking about, uh, he talks about food on it quite often. Of course. And uh, I have a little bit, I'm a little irritated about it because he was talking about cold cheese pizza. Do I need to put this part in the podcast? Um, you I don't mean, have I, to. I, I mean, I will. I'm just curious. I just, <laughs> I'm staying in now. I was going to try to get a timestamp on my own side, but I'm staying in now. <laughs> anyway, cold cheese pizza. Yeah, what about it? Cold cheese pizza. Long story short, he claims that it is original to Long Island, Ooh. which is not true. Ooh. It originated in Oneonta, New York, and then it was brought to Long Island via college kids who liked it. Have you yelled at him yet? I did. I messaged him, and I was like, hey, wrong. And he messaged me back and was like, nah, I'm right. And I messaged him back with like articles and proof. And he basically messaged me back and said, I don't care. We're claiming it. <laughs> and I was like, you fucking, you piece of shit. You just raise uh, message him back and you go, truly an American. <laughs> well, I wanted to message him back and be like, classic Long Islander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic Long Islander. Uh Wait, so what is, is that? That's a thing? What does that even mean? So, cold cheese pizza is essentially uh, you make a regular pizza. Yep. You pull it out of the oven. Okay. And then you throw a handful of cold cheese right on it. Okay. So, essentially, the cold cheese, some of it stays cold and some of it, like, partially melts. melts. Right. And the idea behind it was uh, uh, the pizza place in Oneana that I can't remember, they were sick of drunk college kids complaining about burning the roof of their mouths. Oh. So they throw cold cheese on the pizza to cool it down and, you know, problem solved. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you got in a fight with Colin over it. I love it. <laughs> which, which he just said, like, I'm right. But he's just like, nah, I don't accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I ignore your reality. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, there's there's the podcast, folks. We will uh, we will see you next time. Bye bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.